and welcome to another episode of Trash or Treasure, the podcast where Kim and Amy bring you spoiler-free recaps, reviews, and sometimes even recommendations of whatever we read this week. So, Ames, what was that? What we read this week was The Cuckoo's Calling, which is the first novel in the Cormoran Strike series by Robert Galbraith. Excellent. Well done. And I just there are currently five books in that series. Cuckoo's Calling, The Silkworm, Something of Evil, <laughs> Lethal White, and Troubled Blood. Career of Evil. That's it. Okay. Am I doing the You are doing the spoiler-free recap. recap. Okay. Yep. Yeah, it's a murder mystery. I feel like it should be me. A crime novel. It's always should be me. Otherwise, <laughs> I, I give you a <laughs> sentence, Give me way people. too many things. Cuckoo's Calling is the first one, so we meet for the first time Kumaran Strike. He worked as a detective in the army. Literary the, police. Yep. Special branch. Yep. And so he, whenever someone was accused of something or did something wrong or whatever, he would go and investigate and, you know... Blah, blah, blah. So he was essentially a police officer in the army. And in an accident with an IED, maybe, yes. he lost he lost the lower half of one of his legs yeah. and was then discharged from the army. Kind of floated around trying to work out what to do with himself, blah, blah, blah. And in the end has decided to be a private detective and has set up his own private detective agency. So when we first meet him, he also has just engaged a temp to be the secretary lady out the front. And it is a young woman called Robin who is engaged to Matthew. Matthew, who is an accountant. He's an accountant. And that's like, he's totally an accountant. (laughs) And so basically Robin's done a whole bunch of different temp jobs. She's kind of got her backstory going on too, which gets revealed more in subsequent books really than it does in Cuckoo's Calling. Mm. So the main mystery in Cuckoo's Calling is, so the the PI agency that he's running is kind of struggling Mm. and is very Mm. dodgy. And he is kind of a hot mess, really. He's a hot mess. But he has a bit of celebrity because he is the that's right. illegitimate and I think unacknowledged son of a big rock star. Yeah, that's right. What essentially happens is a model, a very famous model, is murdered. Well, she's found dead. They actually think it's suicide at the start. She, she's found, they think she fell. F- she fell or to her jumped death from a balcony. From a balcony. And so it's kind of like, well, it was either an accident or it was probably suicide or whatever. And. That's it. It's just in the papers. Then the brother of the model Mm -hmm. comes to see Kumaran and is like, look, I am a member of her family and I would like to, on behalf of the family, engage you to research, to, um, sorry, look into her death. We think it's murder. And that's it. They're, They're pretty wealthy because she was wealthy and all that kind of jazz. So they're able to pay his fees and you can't turn down a client when you've got pretty much no clients. And so, yeah, so then the rest of the story is then him doing his detectiving, which he's very good at, and it's I find that's written pretty well, and that's it. Uh, Robin, over the course of that book, gets really into PI work and discovers she has quite a flair for mm. it and really loves doing it and ends up kind of more his partner than just a secretary answering the phone. And he puts her in like undercover situations. Yeah, absolutely. Where he needs like... Where he an... needs someone to help him blend in and look a little bit less like a grumpy old sod. Yeah. That's kind of it for the first book. And then obviously in the subsequent novels, it's each novel has a different mystery that they solve like 
a crime that's solved、uh, by the end of that book, and then it's really the development of the characters over time, both in terms of how their relationship develops because they're very different people coming from very different worlds, and they both kind of are developing as. Individuals as well. Amy, yes, Kimberly. <laughs> would you recommend Cookies Calling? Yeah, I would recommend Cookies Calling. I really enjoyed it. I found it. I read it all in one go on a Sunday afternoon because I really wanted to know who did it. And yeah, I was gripping. But you know, take this with a dose of salt because I am not. The- <laughs> I don't tend to untangle a mystery and try and piece together the clues as we go. I just read the book, and then at the end, I'm like,、oh, gasp! So I found、yeah. this quite satisfying. The reveal, I found it satisfying too. The reveal, and、oh, I、good. am the person who tries to pick like, apart and picked it in、yeah. chapter one. Yeah, I enjoyed the two characters as well. So he, you call him a grumpy old sod, but he's he's not like that sort of. Film noir stereotype. No, that you're right. Of, you know、yeah. the misogynistic. No, God, no. Wisecracking alcoholic. He's he is, he is a bit of, of a、alcoholic. hot mess. He's, <laughs> but he is a mer- he's like recovering as. He's been、yeah. through trauma. He's been through significant trauma. He's come out recently of a really not. You, it was kind of、uh, like an toxic, emotionally like a toxic relationship. relationship, but really intense. So it was this on again, off again, but it was like、years. really intense, yeah, passionate thing. The thing I think the thing for me that makes me go, he's a bit grumpy. Yes, he is a bit grumpy. He's not used to caring. About other people a lot, like no, he's, he's a lone a, he's wolf. Solitary. He lives. His flat's just up, upstairs above the, the detective、yeah. agency. His whole world is upstairs. Is that agency downstairs?、Yeah. He has family, but he doesn't connect with them very much. No, but he tries, and they try. They he, try. Yeah. He is also really bad at taking care of himself. <laughs> So it's good that Robin comes into the picture、yes. because she's very know, efficient. She provides、yeah. him with a cup of tea and a mild、yes. suggestion that maybe he should change his shirt or、yeah. something like that.、Yeah. I enjoy their professional dynamic in the Cuckoo's Calling. It's enjoyable, and I like her because because it doesn't follow Cormoran the entire time. It sort of switches in third person,、yeah. so you're never inside someone's head first person. But it will switch between Robin. And strike and their investigations in the narrative. Yeah. So you get this this variety in the reading. Yeah. That you're having and who you're spending your time with, which for me helped pace it along. Yeah. Quite well. Sure. Which I find really interesting because in some of the later novels, and I am going to mention these. No, you totally can in this context.、Okay. Yeah. They do get longer. Holy God, do they get longer? <laughs> they get so long. They get really long. You could bludgeon someone to death. You could commit a crime with the fifth with novel. The one thousand pages. Accidentally, of the fifth novel. <laughs> accidentally, just by knocking it off the high bench, you could knock someone unconscious. You could squash a small creature.、Oh. I still felt that they had pace, and I think that switching between Strike and Robin really helped that. You do get more personal as it goes on. Like you find more about like Robin's personal life. It's not just their yeah. work life. Yeah, so they, yeah. They're quite vivid characters. Well, because that's the continuing arc, isn't it? Them、yeah. as people and their because they meet their in the、worlds. first novel. So them getting to know each other and having their worlds kind of mingle more, and you know, having the changes that they choose to the roads and paths they choose to take in their own lives and stuff, and how that what that means for their friendship. That's really important because they the do have、gone. a friendship. They have a professional relationship. Yeah, but they're also they have, friends. They're 
friends. She helps him sort of come out of his shell, his like solo yeah. shell in a way, like by providing someone to talk to <laughs> in yeah. the office. But given that it is a crime novel to murder a mystery, mm. I found the mystery really interesting. I particularly found the mystery in the third book, Career of Evil, mm. really engrossing. That was the that's the um, that's about serial a serial killer, killer mm. and that was like I could not put that book down. Yeah, that was intense. Yeah, do you know what else I really liked about kind of the series in general? Because particularly through Robin's character, because she doesn't have a history, her history and her background is not in law or police officering she or military. She started a military. psychology degree, but she yep. didn't finish it. So it's this idea that, and there's been trauma in her life. I'm not saying that she's, you know, lived in a little chocolate box her whole life or anything. There's definitely been trauma and they explore that. But as is kind of necessary or expected in these books and in these really heightened stories, like, People try and kill her. And it deals really deliberately and strongly with the fact that that wouldn't be okay. She's not going to just go and bounce back and be fine after that. Risks of the job. Risks of the job. I'm fine. Don't worry about it. And so it it deals with, it kind of deals with that PTSD and it deals with strikes PTSD of going, how do I be okay putting you in harm's way Mm. as well? So, yeah, it, it deals with it really nicely. And I like, I really like it when books don't ignore stuff like that, but rather go like lean in and actually think, well, this is a, this would be a real part of a consequence of the situation I, as the author, put these characters in. So I can't ignore it. I have to deal with it. And I like that. That does, it does it really well. And that's nice to follow over subsequent books. Other thing I enjoyed was giving the strike this sort of celebrity background means that the worlds, the pair of them can access in their investigations are really diverse. Yeah. So they do, like, he has some, you know, all these army connections that he leverages that allow him, like, his, his friend Shanker allows him access to the underworld yeah. when he needs it. Robin turns out to be quite good at playing different roles and yeah, acting. Yeah, she's excellent so at under, undercover work. But he is able to get entry into higher society yep. events. So you get these really varied and rich and diverse experiences and situations, and situations and, yeah. as a reader that make it more engaging. Yeah. All these different types of people that you can explore and spend time with. Yeah. The vibe that your I'm not going to call them interjections, but enhancements of my <laughs> well, You can my call them interjections. That's okay. I don't mind. Of, of my in my recommendation suggests that you also would recommend yeah, this I, book. Yeah, I I've actually bought this book for lots of people. I give really? I, yeah, I give this book as a gift. Cookie's calling. Yeah, I do. I think as a introduction, it's really good. It's not I so I don't think that it falls into the kind of rut that sometimes first books do where you go, "Uh, yeah, they kind of set up the world, but they really find their stride by book 3." Like it I think it they It finds its stride in book 1. It does. From right from the start, you know that these characters are interesting and that there's something special in this relationship and that it is special enough that, you know, Robin would go, "I think I'm going to pivot my whole life in this direction to work with this like slightly impoverished struggling PI who's <laughs> a bit grumpy but seems to have a heart of gold." Like, you know, you kind of All of that seems really realistic and believable. The mystery was really good. 
like really well paced, mm. really well unfolded. The way that they investigated it was really logical and again quite believable. So a lot of it is, you know, and particularly with later books, but it's in Cuckoo's Calling as well. A lot of it is legwork, like it's. And I followed this guy for two days. You know what I mean? Like, and so then I was real grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I had a beer. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, there's definitely that kind of the way the world and the way that life of being a PI in London mm. is kind of constructed. I can't say if it's authentic or not because I'm not a PI in London, but it seems authentic for someone who doesn't know anything about it kind of thing. So I, I was really able to buy in and believe it. And I was really engaged by the mystery and very pleasantly, like, did pick it, but I think I picked it at the point at which the author wanted me to pick it rather so than... that I feel clever as an audience member, like as a reader. Do you know what I mean? I never pick it and I go, huh? Like you guys, I... you, you have a gasp as the killer enters kind of thing. I gasp yeah. because I'm like reading it hard copy and I'm at that point at the end where I'm like, huh? This is the reveal. Yes. I'm not that far away. It must be the person who did it. And I always think that crime novels that can do that have really effectively taken you as a reader on the journey of the investigation Mm. so that when you reach that point where that final clue has been revealed that should make it clear, you should be able to piece it all together. You've solved it too. Exactly. And I think when they can take you on that journey... It's Strike Robin and Kimberly. Exactly. And then it feels like I think that's good writing. I think that's excellent, clever crime novel writing. And, yeah, I just love hanging out with them. They're really great characters to spend time with. And that because I have read some – there has been some criticism of the later novels – being very long. Oh, but so no, I you should like spending yes. time with them. I should say, you. I bring it up because when you hold Cuckoo's Calling next to Troubled Blood, which is the most recent one, it's almost absurd how much bigger Troubled Blood it's is. It's three times bigger. It's insane. Like, it just is a hilarious, that, like, it's actually kind of hilarious how much bigger the, the most recent book is. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. I loved it. I didn't feel like. There was a big chunk in the middle we should have cut out because that was a waste of time. Like I, Because you like spending time with the characters. Because And because the characters are growing over the course They're of the They're at books. a really interesting point in that book. Oh, by they? the time they get to that book, I'm like, I'm really looking forward to book seven. Five, well, no, six, we're six. Whichever, we're, up we're only six. up to six. We're up to six. I mean, I'm really really looking- nothing happens in book six. That's why you're ready for seven. <laughs> I'm ready for book six. I would, I'm would. i really looking forward to it. Yeah, so- <laughs> the 1,500 pages that book oh, six God. will be. Oh, <laughs> God. I'll set aside a fortnight. Yeah, so no, I would recommend, but I would recommend Cuckoo's Calling on its own. And I give it as a novel on its own to people for gifts all the time. Mm, but- and then if they journey through the series, that's their choice. And I was really excited to get, another when Silkworm came out because the first one doesn't feel like it has to be a series and I don't know if it was necessarily always intended to be a series or if it was more once Silkworm happens it's yes, a series it's a series that's right and Silkworm is written like and there are even because there are those kind of little moments at the end of Silkworm that tell you there's more these characters are going to go on more journeys together and there's more yeah, that leaves some question marks one, the third one Yes, it starts to leave little. It starts to leave little, um, like little tune in next time on you know to see how this ends. But those cliffhangers are always about 
the character's friendship and working relationship and personal lives. It's never a cliffhanger about the whodunit yeah, side of it. You always know who did it and the mystery is always resolved. I like that it's not a romance. I like that Strike and Robin, and Robin's beautiful, and Strike is handsome in a gruff kind of way as described, and they really get each other. And they mean it's a lot to gonna each other. It's become a romance. Yes, it will become a romance for sure. And but I think it should. But both of the thing that they're holding back from doing that is that the friendship they have means so much to them mm. that they, they explicit. I think this is they, a spoiler because they explicitly address that in the fifth book. Yes, but so you can cut that bit out. But I like the part where it's not. Their their relationship isn't a romance off the bat. I just mm. like that it develops. They go. It through develops. That's what this, I like about it. Yeah, this professional journey, and that it would grows. then contribute to what you feel is that sort of believability and and that and that it's what keeps me coming back to the series. Is I really do care about them as characters. I love their relationship in this book, and it doesn't feel will they won't they. It doesn't feel. It's that it's not on again, off again. No, and the other thing is it's the, not in out, in out. The fact that whatever happens with their romantic tension isn't the intentional purpose of the stories. No. So we don't need. I guess what I'm trying to say here is it doesn't come up and put a big blocker in the progress of the story, which means you're able to enjoy the mystery without like these sorts of moments where the soap opera of the will they or won't yeah. they gets in the way and, and it becomes I think like maybe, the melodrama. Does I that think, make sense? Yeah, I think maybe you've totally hit the nail on the head too with the use of the term soap opera. So many of these books where they resort to or rely heavily on this will they won't they will they won't they feel like a soap opera. Mm. And this really great novel about a really cool adventure, crime, mystery, whatever it is, gets kind of kiboshed or wrecked by this this weird kind of like channel change to a soap opera for 15 minutes and then we go back to something that's actually like an interesting adventure and then we insert another 10 minutes of soap opera and it's just an unwanted interruption. I think mature is almost the way I would describe these books. The characters are mature and worldly mm-hmm. and have backstories and, you know, things that have influenced them throughout their lives and the way that their relationship is dealt with, because I wouldn't even call it their romance, even that's not no. kind of what's going on. No, the way their relationship is, the right is dealt with is also really mature because when you work really closely with each other in really tense, high stakes, quite, you know, intense situations, that has that impact impacts on a dynamic and it makes you care about each other quite deeply, particularly when you get on as well because as they do. Because you have this shared experience yeah. that no one else will really understand. No, exactly. And this shared responsibility for one another Mm. do you know what i mean like he feels responsible for her safety she feels responsible for his safety as well like it's a that's it's yeah it's a really nice kind of friendship like they super care about each other and it seems quite mature and reasonable Mm. it's not a soap opera that's why i really like it and find that that's part of what keeps me coming back to the novels no you started it i would say treasure oh a hundred percent but not necessarily for all of the novels. So I'm currently rereading Lethal White, which is the fourth one, and then I will probably reread Troubled Blood. I'm not going to reread 
I don't think I actually ever have reread the third novel, Career of Evil, because it's just too harrowing. It was hardcore. And the second one, The Silkworm, I have reread it, but once again, not quite as much because the murder's really graphic. <laughs> Cuckoo's Calling, I've reread a couple of times. So I think overall, as a series, treasure because of that rereadability. And Cuckoo's Calling on its own, for sure, treasure. Mm-hmm. I've reread it heaps. I recommend it heaps. I buy it for people all the time. So yeah, I would completely agree with your summary, though. The one I just don't tend to go back to is Silkworm because I just didn't love it as much. Mm. And yeah, I have never reread the third one because it was. It's vivid in my mind. Mind you, now that we're sitting here talking about it, that's the one I'm like, oh, I should go back and reread that. Okay, so that's it for another episode of Trash or Treasure. Join us next time where we will bring you more spoiler-free recaps, reviews, and maybe recommendations for whatever we read. Yeah, who knows? And until then, happy happy reading. reading. And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.